I really don't like it when we do documentaries about queens that aren't me. Oh, yeah. I have to just say it out loud. Look, I didn't ask for it. The listeners did. <laughs> Am I not enough queen for them? Whoa. <laughs> you got, this is what happens, everybody. This is what happens. Jillian Pensavale. Patrick Hines. Okay. Nailing it. Nailing it. Nailing it. Right? Yeah. Just always just woo. Yeah. Nailing it. Oh, girl, before we get to the show, you guys, we announced it last week. We've got a bunch of new live shows we announced. You can see it all at our website at the CS Live page. But mm-hmm. uh, we're going to Toronto in September. I know. We're doing the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. I cannot believe it. And then, you guys, in October, we're doing a show in at the Bell House in New York with Lance and Tim from Missy Moore Murray Podcast and Queen Maggie right. from Oxygen's The Disappearance of Moore Murray. We're doing a live show all about Moore Murray. I'm obsessed to death. Are you excited that it kind of rolls out like Lancey and Timmy and Maggie? Oh, my. Like, do you like? <laughs> That. <laughs> I'm just saying, you guys, it's gonna it's like a true crime cocktail party, and you're invited. We're gonna bring our humor, our sass. We're talking about new information. We're gonna make fun of the oxygen documentary. Oh, sure. We're gonna make fun of Lancey and Timmy's documentary, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we're gonna actually talk about the case too. Yeah. Come join us. It's gonna be the best. It'll be great. Uh, you guys, Patreon, just a reminder, at the five dollar level, you get all of our 85 bonus episodes. Yeah, and th- not hyperbole. Like actually it's true. In, in the in the late 80s, I'm thinking. We cover episode by episode serial, the staircase, the jinx, making a murderer, Lorena. Mm-hmm. We're halfway through. Madeline McCann. Yes. And you guys, at the set, we added a, a level for our after party where we basically like recap our recap. But this week, we're talking all about the Pride Show. You're going to get the backstage scoop on everything that happened. I'm going to play clips in the episode so you can <gasps> no! hear. Yeah. Fancy. And then at the $10 level, you get these episodes ad free. I don't usually plug the $20 level, but I want to say for the $20 level, the, the bonus surprise this month, mm-hmm. we did a video of the Gay Pride walking tour I that know. I did in the village. Yeah. It's, it's kind of shoddily edited because we're audio people not video people but we took you on the gay pride walking tour I showed you everything that I showed all the people who came with me it's pretty awesome amazing Um, should we get to this other queen yes and her horses (laughs) all of them all of those queen's horses Alright, girl, what are we talking about today? We're talking about all the queen's horses. There's a lot of animals in this one. Did you like it? Yes, the horses didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> I really like this documentary. The director of this documentary is a CPA, and she really wants people to stop scamming people. Yes. <laughs> She's right. She's it's true. totally right. Yeah, don't scam people. But it's like, I kind of wanted to know more about, like, the motor coach <laughs> and, like, just how, how like, insufferable this person was. I know. It's true. Like, I know that fraud is bad. We, we don't need to be told that fraud is bad. I know. We- I'm aware. <laughs> she completely pulled the wool over her town's eyes. Do you think you were just smarter than everybody else, Rita? Fifty-three plus million dollars is just unbelievable. She lived quite a life, totally different life than what she portrayed here. By day, she's wearing municipal clothes, and by night, she's dripping with jewels and furs. World champion, Rita Crunwell. She had this grand, high-stakes horse empire. My first thought was, Dixon has that much money that you could embezzle that much money from a little tiny place like this? People distrusted her so well, more than anything. (laughs) Rita, how did you go to bed and not think, whose lives I'm infecting here? One of the things the FBI wanted to find out was, did she do this alone? Was she hiding for somebody else? Twenty years I worked side by side with this woman, and I never knew her. I never really knew her. Can I start us off this week? I know exactly what you're going to say. Go ahead. <laughs> we find out right now that this town, what's it called? Dixon, Illinois. Dixon, Illinois is the hometown of Ronald Reagan. I just have barf. It's and a small conservative town. Double barf. There is a statue of Ronald Reagan on a horse. The statue of Ronald Reagan has eight-pack abs. Did you see that? <laughs> I did not. I, I missed the eight-pack abs. I, I, I walked it back. I was like, Ronnie, Ronnie, I don't think this is historically accurate. I know. I, although Nancy Reagan was super skinny. She's basically at my goal weight. Yeah, we learned it's a conservative community. But we also learn, most importantly, this is the biggest case of municipal fraud in history. It is the biggest case of municipal fraud in history. The tiny town of Dixon, Illinois, lost an astonishing $53 million to one government employee. The lady's name is Rita Crundwell. Oof, Crundwell. (laughs) 
the very first person we meet is a woman named Kathy Swanson. Can she get a hero bell? Kathy with an E. When I first started, my capacity was deputy treasurer under Rita Crundwell. Rita and I worked together from 1991 up until the time she was arrested in 2012. Kathy has an emotional arc in this documentary. Whoa, what is that thing? Oh, roller coaster. We're going up and down with Kathy. Kathy has a lot of feelings about a lot of things, and she is very, God bless her, straightforward about every last one of them, whether she understands it, whether we understand it. You guys buckle up. Here we go. Rita Crundwell made it easy to work here. She would always say to me, if ever you make a mistake, don't worry. It can always be corrected. And I will say, what Rita says, I really appreciate. Like, everybody loves a boss that says, like, girl, don't worry about it. I got you. Yeah, she's like, she was a pretty great boss. But really, what we learned is that Rita wasn't saying, like, Everyone makes mistakes. Don't worry about it. Out of the goodness of her heart. The point is that Kathy handled the bank statements. So whenever right. there was like an issue or a thing, Rita would be like, why don't you just pass that over to me? I'll take care of it. So that Rita, who's why we're all here, mm-hmm. can scam everybody. Right. So Rita, we learn eventually, goes out of town a lot. So in October of 2011, Rita was out of town. And Kathy needed to reconcile the bank statements. Do her job. Exactly. And so Kathy gets these bank statements and she says, I saw this one account that I had never heard of before. And what I noticed on it was three large deposits. And it was in care of her. It was RSCDA, City of Dixon, in care of Rita Crundwell. So Kathy, she knew something was fishy. But she did nothing. She <laughs> sat on it, kept it to herself for a couple days, and then goes right to the top. Yeah. She's going to the mayor. Maybe tell a friend. Right. Like, for someone who's, like, going back and forth about it, just to the mayor? Okay. And then Kathy says to the mayor, are you going to go to the police? And he said, absolutely not. No, I'm going to the FBI. These it's- people go straight to 100. Maybe this is really about you. It's- <laughs> These are my people. These I need to move this. I need to move this little conservative town where every fat ass has an eight pack. He goes. <laughs> he goes. There's a cancer in City Hall. Says the mayor. A hundred zillion percent. It's also running. like they've known this woman for twenty years. Right. No benefit of the doubt. No. Rita is definitely up to something. The mayor came into the field office, sat down, and uh, discussed with the uh, case agents what they had discovered. I told him I said I hope I'm wrong about this thing, and he said I don't. I don't think you are. So we were able to go to the U.S. Attorney's Office and get a grand jury opened. And during that, grand jury subpoenas uh, issued for these different bank accounts. You guys, were off and running. There's like a grand jury subpoena for every piece of paper that Rita has ever touched. So this is the whole situation where Kathy starts speaking in hushed tones because she literally is telling us she was basically Jennifer Garner in Alias. Like, if they needed paperwork, she would sneak into the office early to get it. She'd, like, photocopy it, like, clandestinely leaving it on the mayor's desk. Right, because suddenly Kathy's a spy on the inside sure. whether she likes it or not. It's like, girl, you went to the mayor who went to the FBI who went to the grand jury. But the funny thing about Kathy is that she's at once telling us that, like, she's all in, she's doing all this secret spy work, but then she's looking right at the camera. She's like, I was so scared. Yeah. I was very very scared because I was told you keep it quiet, you say nothing to nobody, we'll handle the investigation. So I believe that when the FBI tells you to keep your mouth shut, you keep your mouth shut. The FBI's like, you keep your mouth shut. Because <laughs> her, her, her brother, brother, and she did this for six months, which in, on one hand doesn't feel like a lot of time, but for another, it does. When you're Six when you're, months with a secret? This is not a joke. I can't make it through six minutes with a secret. Right. Kathy keeps like the, she's going to work alongside Rita. She says she's going to ask about her dogs. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that's right, Kathy. And the thing is, is that Kathy was saying like, oh my God, once I knew what she was doing, she was kind of doing it in plain sight right because she would just be at her desk like oh don't uh take take care of all these bank statements except for this one and i'm gonna deal with this one privately type 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 and and kathy was kind of like oh my god i know watching her we're all watching it happen (laughs) because she says she would like get the bank statement put like literally put the money into the city's account walk across the office to get her pocketbook get her own personal checkbook checkbook. and write herself a check yeah and in my head she's she's doing it i don't know why this is but in my head she has one of those pens with like remember the trolls that you would put on top of a pen with the big hair And for some reason, Rita writes her checks with a troll pen. Am I crazy? She's like mouthing it and under her breath, you can hear her saying, pay to the order Mm, of Rita. Rita, 300. (laughs) How am I going to fit $300,000 with all those words and those letters? All those zeros. So the minute we got the money in, it was gone in the afternoon. I called the the FBI agent and I said, if if we don't put a stop to this thing pretty quick, there isn't going to be anything left. 
So suddenly it's like the day of the bust, y'all. The mayor calls Rita and is like, Rita, can you come see me? This is my question. Does Rita, who's been doing this for 20 years, yeah. does she live in constant fear of that? Like, uh, Rita, it's the mayor. Could you come to my office, please? Right. Like, did her, her, did her stomach drop into her ass in that moment? I think maybe it would have 15 years ago. Uh-huh. I think 20 years into it. I think she probably thought the buzz was for like, we need your help to solve something because you're the only person in the world who's smart enough to do it. I bet that you get yourself into that place where you're like, I deserve this money. She's like, they don't know how hard I work. I earn two and a half million dollars a year. No, that's like four and a half million dollars right, a year. It's ridiculous. Or like three, there's some, somewhere between two and four. Look, we don't have to do math here. <laughs> we don't have to do math. Poor Steve, just he's in the shower listening to this right now just and he's just doing rolling. doing the math in his head, like obviously. So she come up the door and she said, yes, sir. I said, Rita, these gentlemen would like to ask you a few questions. And she said, sure. I was looking right at her face. Her countenance never changed at all. So with that, I exited the office. And she doesn't seem to be shaken up by this. So to your point, like, I think she was kind of like, well, today's the day. Because <laughs> well, I kept trying to put myself in her shoes. Because eventually we see her house. She's got this big house. Her She's Manolos. got a pool. Right, her Manolos, exactly. Because I'm like, when you're, you know, it's 10 years ago, right? And you're swimming in your pool and you're looking at your house and you're like, I am pulling this shit I'm pulling off. off, right. Are you thinking like, I better re- doubly enjoy this now because I'm definitely going to at some point spend 25 years in jail? I would hope so because then she would just be like this weird robot. Like, <laughs> I mean, just that you have to sort of do that. Like, yeah. look, I'm living the life now. Uh-huh. Whatever. Because she's questioned by these FBI guys, right? There's like two of them yeah. in her in her office. Uh, she was given her Miranda rights and asked uh, for uh, if she would like to talk to us which she did uh, give an interview that lasted about an hour and a half. During that interview, she was cooperative. She only said, thought she'd taken around $10 million. She, she estimates $10 million. Right. We know in a minute that she's been keeping meticulous notes. She knows exactly how much she took. But I do love the idea that she's in this interview with the FBI, and she's like, well, how much do you guys think I took? Yeah, you tell me how much you think I took. <laughs> So they get search warrants for her house. She's got two homes in Dixon. They find boxes of records of every dollar she ever took stashed under the stairs. They're able to see like where she took the money from, how much she took every year. The easiest gig the FBI ever had. <laughs> exactly. So here's how she did it, right? You guys, I honestly get nervous when I see these things because it's like everybody in this documentary is like, anybody can do this. This is the easiest scam in the world to do. Right. Our CPA friend narrates it and she explains it very, very well. Yeah. There were six legitimate City of Dixon accounts at Fifth Third Bank. She routinely moved funds into the legitimate capital development fund. But Rita then set up an additional seventh account no one knew about. To get the process started, she created phony invoices to justify payments for imaginary capital projects such as fixing sidewalks and street repairs. These phony invoices triggered Rita's transferring money from the city's legitimate capital development fund into her secret account. And it had a similar name to look like a legitimate city account. From her secret account, she wrote checks for her personal expenses, such as spa visits, jewelry, real estate, a motor coach, and of course, quarter horses. She did this process 179 times. She was using this money for spot treatments, jewelry, cars, houses, a motor coach, and of course, the horses. You guys, she says, they say motor coach. She bought a bus. Rita bought a bus. She bought like one of those buses that like, like. And sync would drive around. Exactly. Now, like today. But the thing is, some CPA tells us that like this is textbook fraud because she set up a fake account. She made it look like a government account. And they had one person who was in charge of this. Like one day Rita was. And she was the person. Right. So like one day she must have just been in the office and been like, I really need a bus. Yeah. How am I going to afford that? Yeah. I bet nobody would even notice if I just made a secret other account, made it look like a government account and then bought a bus out of it. It's the thing that you get away with it once or twice and you think you'll never get caught and we'll get to it she almost never did get caught right except for Kathy right Kathy Kathy. with an E so Rita's caught obviously yeah after she's caught she's put on quote administrative leave without pay which is so eye-rolling the funniest thing is she's free on bond her bond was $4,500 I was like she just went to one of those trash bags under the stairs grabbed a handful of cash and threw it at the cops which makes everyone even more furious that the community's like wait I'm sorry 54 54 million you said (laughs) 
Do we have fifty four minutes? Do we have fifty four minutes? But that's the thing. We start getting the reaction from people, and she, everyone is just saying, like, how does this community even have that much money for her to steal? And to be fair, it was over twenty years. Yeah. So it's not like they just had it. It wasn't one lump sum. It's true. Everybody, but still, that is a shit ton of money. So we start to see like Rita, like she's busted. She's going to court. You guys, there is this inside edition reporter that I am utterly obsessed with. It was with. in the trailer. It was in the trailer, but we get even more of her because she just gives no fucks. She like went to the school of journalism of giving no fucks. Sure. She's half holding the microphone, eye rolling for Jesus. She just like follows Rita to her car and she literally just says, Rita, why did you steal $53 million from the people of Dick? How are you able to get away with this? Like, I swear to God, they said to her on the first day of journalism school, just ask the question you want to know the answer uh-huh. to. It's like the most basic question. Rita, why did you steal $53 million from the people of Dixon? <laughs> I was laughing so hard at that question. And then crickets. Rita is not answering. She's got her eyes like trained ahead of her. This reporter is so bored asking the question, but she's just in her face. It's right. amazing. Well, those are the two questions. Like how and why and what the, <laughs> who the fuck do you think you are? Do you think you were just smarter than everybody else, Rita? But Rita's like, bitch, I got away with it for 20 years. So yeah, I thought right. I was smarter than everybody else. And another number, she stole like over those 20 years, $3,300 per Dixon resident. Just think yeah, about like that's when a you lot. live in a small town, you're like that is so much money. Wait, what's the median income in that town? Probably forty thousand dollars. And what do you think when everyone's like, "Oh, I'm the taxpayer," like that? You're, you know, my my taxes are paying your salary or whatever. Where yep. it's like, and then they're they're like driving over potholes or like things aren't working in the town. <laughs> we keep seeing this like hole in the middle of the street where like a hurricane had come through. Right. It had like blown a hole the size of a pool, and there's just like highway cones around it. But it can't. There's no money to fix it for twelve years. And suddenly, and like Rita's at the spa, right. and they're like Rita, and she like lifts the cucumber off her eye like what (laughs) and they're like um Susie just broke her leg at the the sinkhole that you wouldn't fix and she's like I am late for my mud bath get the fuck out of here and no one knew no one had any idea no one had any idea so now we get into this whole section where like Rita lives in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and she has this like big lifestyle and mm-hmm. it doesn't really make sense to anybody. Because nobody else has this lifestyle. Exactly. Except for Rita. But no one's looking up from their paperwork at City Hall being like, <laughs> you know what's interesting? Rita's wearing a, a brand new pair of Manolos. <laughs> And that I'm still going to JCPenney. Exactly. Which is JCPenney's li- five. You know what I'm of saying? Of course. Nobody ever questioned the magnitude of that money. She told people that her parents were um, investors in Campbell Soup Companies. I mean, certainly her parents could have owned many acres of farmland, which is very high revenue. Honestly, didn't think too much about it. Curious, but like everyone else, you just kind of, oh, hmm, interesting. But now I have in my notes, I know you love this when I I read it. Lay it on me. So, ellipsis, the horses. (laughs) She loved horses! The thing is, to have a shit ton of horses and race them and raise them. over 400 horses. 400 horses, you guys. It is a shit ton of money. So to cover for that, instead of being like, ooh, you know, tough crowd that a secret seventh account... She decides to go around. This is very Lou Pearlman. This is yeah, very boy band. Totally. Con. She's telling people that her parents were the like original investors of Campbell's Soup. But you know, it is one of those stories where you're like, well, I guess that could be true. You can't give Whatever, it a goo sure. because you're like, well, she does have all this money. So maybe back then, like original investors, it, it, you're absolutely right. It's one of those things where it's like, is it ungoogleable? I don't know. And look, I come from like a, a blue collar, lower middle class town where there were definitely super rich people, mm-hmm. you know, one or two. And you're like, well, I guess you just have a super rich person in every town. Like, Uh you know what I mean? Like, you don't question. Like, it just, who cares? Who cares? But, like, there's a whole section of this where they try to find out if she was acting alone or if other people in her family knew. Because that's how a lot of these cons work. It's like a family scheme. Mm -hmm. They were never able to prove it, but they were saying, like, co-workers at the city thought that she inherited a lot of money and that she got involved in it and was very successful. Of course, the family knew that she didn't. So, you know, was it ever clear exactly what their belief was. It was, if they're benefiting, it's, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, right? So... 
everybody in her life was benefiting, so everybody just looked the other way. Like, where's the money coming from? I don't really know, but I'm not going to ask any questions. Exactly. And I think the thing is, they there's a difference between them knowing that and, like, swimming in the pool uh-huh. and being on the bus and doing all the riding <laughs> horses the or whatever. Yeah. You guys, it's not a bus. Like, it's a fancy <laughs> pants bus. I, they call it a motor coach. It's like I'm a calling it a bus. It's decker. Yeah. But it's fancy pants. And she had all these upgrades to it. Right. And then finally, the upgrades weren't doing it, so she just, like, bought a new one. Like, right. it's insane. So <laughs> For two million. And you know when you smell that like that new like motor coach smell like they knew about it. But she really was the only one actually moving the money around. Yeah. It was just her. And everyone was like, all right, pay to the order of whoever. <laughs> pay to the order of me. Can we talk about the names of the horses? I'm going to lose yeah, my mind. Yes, 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 please. One of the things that really struck me about this story with the horses were the names that she gave them subconsciously or ironically to send a message to the town. They literally, the horse names are so bonkers they have to give us on-screen text. Yes, because if you really look back at how she was acting, not just what she was buying and her lifestyle, but how she was acting, she was kind of like throwing it in everyone's face in a way, like what she was doing. Yeah. So the one horse name they mention is, I had to, I'm so glad they put it on screen because I I double-checked the closed captions. It's called... (laughs) I execute class. I execute class. And I thought, does this dumb bitch mean exude? (laughs) (laughs) She meant exude, that dumb bitch. I don't know. I think, I I was just going to say, I think somebody in our group can tell us a little bit about how, how, like, these fancy horses get their names. I think that there's something to that. No, I know there's, like, their names, like, phrases and, like, terms. I know that. But, like, I execute class I know doesn't make sense <laughs> I do totally and it's agree close enough to I exude class <laughs> that I think that this dumb bitch who was smart enough to pull off a two decade scam doesn't know what to name her horses that's just not the first one I there are so many I wrote them all down yep I'm money too yeah like me too I'm money <laughs> she scores doesn't she hacking jewels I know which I think is like like a horse genital reference or something <laughs> Me, myself, and I. I know. This could be the names of her horses or the tracks on a Fergie album. Exactly. Like, you know, like Jewelry by Tiffany. Right? That's one of the names of her horses. Careful who you invite you. Letter you. Like Prince style. (laughs) Tell me this is not the tracks on like a Fergie or Pink album. Tell me. Look, ain't I a natural? You're absolutely right. And don't drag Pink into this. Pink I, is a goddess. I know, I, I know, I know. The last one is I found a penny. This is where I have this bitch is crying about she scores. She's, I mean. She's sobbing about this horse. She is a special place in my life. <laughs> I just have, some, I have my notes in caps, ma'am. She scores. Makes me cry because she's one of my favorite mares. Can you, can you tell me a little bit why she scores is so special to you? Um, she just a great mare and she won seven world champions and she just has a special place in my heart sobbing (laughs) she's the sheep I just love her so much (laughs) and I'm like but just think about you guys the ridiculousness of sobbing I know and having to say these names I know I just love that she scores I just love the idea that someone says where it's like, by day, she's a lowly civil servant. (laughs) By night, she's a glamorous, like, horse person. The idea of a small town, high school educated municipal clerk who was able to both completely pull the wool over her town's eyes, but, you know, the second half of her double life, which was this grand, high stakes horse empire by day she's wearing meek you know municipal clothes and by night she's dripping with jewels and furs did nobody notice this i it's because we're meeting all these people we meet this like stylist nancy anderson oh oh, i'm aware i just had to shift in my seat for this because everyone's got shit to say because you know all these people met rita when she had money and everyone was jealous of rita and now they get to talk shit and Nancy's like in the salon, like do like putting a perm on someone's hair. When anybody said a perm, I'm putting a perm on someone's hair like it's a wig. She's like doing someone's hair. I know. And she's like, look. We were told that Rita had a boyfriend that passed away and he was much older than her and left all her money to, 
to her and it was believable. So like everyone has a story. Is it the Campbell Soup story? I know. Is it the fancy rich boyfriend who's now dead? <laughs> Rita, did you do it? I don't know. <laughs> Dig under the stairs, FBI, while you're down there. But it just felt so outdated. And this it's not a dig to Dixon at all. Of it's course. just like like, you know, the the fancy pants stylist just like I know, like with the gum, like, look, she told me about that boyfriend. Look, I never met him. He died. She gave him all the money, whatever. Honey, you ready? Honey, I'm ready for you with the bright blue eyeshadow. Like, it just, like, I can see it. It's ridiculous at the hair salon. I know. And we we get this on-screen text here that says, most embezzlers are motivated by a desire to live a more lavish lifestyle rather than by financial hardship. This isn't poor people who, like, are working five jobs to feed their kids right. embezzling. This is people who are already, like, doing fine, who just want more fancy and it's shit. not enough. They need that fucking $2 million bus. Nobody needs the bus. <laughs> Lance Bass. Even you don't need the bus, girl. I know, even the Backstreet Boys who are still touring get on a plane. <laughs> the other thing is, like, I'm in so deep. Like, if I if I do this oh, yeah. five times and I'm in for a million dollars, I'm going to jail if they find me. So I better just, like, I better really do this. <laughs> I'm in for a million? What's another 53? <laughs> are you serious? Like, just that, like, what? I know. I wonder if it would have made a difference. Like, is it the crime is just embezzling or does the amount matter? Oh, I think the amount matters. Yeah. You know, if she bought one more horse, that goddamn horse's name would have been the amount matters. <laughs> Size matters. But then this is why they got so mad. While she was embezzling money, the city of Dixon was going through a deficit. Rita's wealth was not necessarily a red flag. But what should have been a red flag was looking at the neighboring town right next door to Dixon. And that town was Sterling. Sterling has a similar population size, a similar annual budget, but yet Sterling had a surplus when Dixon had a huge deficit. 18 months before Rita was arrested, the city manager of Sterling, Illinois, actually wrote a letter to the city of Dixon and said, why do you all have this huge deficit? Because we have a surplus. He was trying to alert the city of Dixon that something seemed wrong. Here's my other question, though. Why is Sterling writing a letter? You know who checks the mail? Rita. Rita gets the mail. Right. We even find out from Kathy at one point that, like, when Rita would go out of town, she would have an assistant get the mail and put it at Rita's house. It's just like, did Rita intercept this letter? Like, doesn't it take less energy to just pick up the phone and make a call to Kathy? Yeah. Than to write a letter? Look, I didn't do it. I know. It just, none of this makes any sense. Writing a letter. A letter. Why are you writing a letter? I know. There's a crisis in the town. I think maybe, honestly, to get it like notarized and official them saying like look we're just telling you wake up I know something's happening in your town I do love a notary stamp right that notary stamp is pretty sexy look okay we have to go back to the horses just real quick so Rita's in trouble she's busted the horses get seized so she had 400 horses on 22 farms in 13 states (laughs) my notes Robbie I'll look at you girl dot 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 what Four hundred horses on twenty-two farms in thirteen states. I know. Yes, I said it again. Think about. I mean, this is crazy. I know. I mean, she had fifty-three million dollars burning a hole in her pocket. Right. So now the FBI is like, uh, these are live animals. Uh, the horses eat. They breathe. They uh, require daily care, and they're expensive. We're spending about two hundred thousand dollars a month for the care of the horses. It's a lot that goes into an animal. They got to sell these horses right. so that they can be taken care of. Thank you, FBI. But then all of a sudden, it's like an, it's like an episode of The Simple Life because we're like on the farm with these like federal marshals trying to auction off the horses and all the stuff. They call them the Willie Nelson concert crowd. Right. Like those are the people coming to the auction. But you see it. It's packed. There's it's like packed. all these people trying to buy these horses. And they're, what they're selling the horses for is like less than half of what they're worth. Also, I've never wanted to buy a horse so bad in my life. I know. Just to like give the money back to the people of Dixon? No, to get a horse at like half its value. <laughs> oh. I'm an investor now, Jillian. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I totally forgot. Again, it's all about you. Um, <laughs> but this auction is so crazy because it's auctioneers. <laughs> you know what closed caption said? What? Mumbling rapidly. <laughs> I died. What am I going to say? That's your drag name. <laughs> Doing a thing with his lips that looks like it's coming out of a cartoon. If I'm gonna raise my hand yeah. to maybe, maybe commit to 200 grand, yeah. can I know exactly what you're saying? Can you slow it down for a second? <laughs> 
like the idea of like the fact that auctioneers like their whole bit is that they do everything super fast so that fast. no one can understand it uh-huh. but the money is so big like auctioneers in the group I know you're there <laughs> explain where that came from and why you don't want people to clearly clearly know how many thousands of dollars uh-huh. they are betting on this thing I can't stop thinking about that episode of the Golden Girls where they go to buy something at auction and of course Rose messes the whole thing up of course she does because she's showing them how that how they should use their paddle. And every time she raises it, they're like, "Every another, she's like, "What?" And they're like, "Rose, don't!" And she's like, "No, it's like this." Hey, another four hundred dollars. Hey, oh my god, poor Rose. I know. One so one thing they sold at the auction. Uh huh. Ninety-seven thousand dollars for horse semen for breeding purposes. That made me feel really uncomfortable. And for everyone who doesn't watch the documentary, you have to live in this uncomfortable moment with me. You're welcome and thank you. Also, there's another horse name that I was hoping was going to come later and it did. Pizzazzy Lady. Pizzazzy Lady. P-I-Z-Z-A, like pizza. Z-Z-Y Lady. She was bought at 225 and sold at 128 So like you're saying, half the price. Pizzazzy Lady. Pizzazzy Lady. Hey, girl. Hey, sweetheart. You know that she has dreams of being a unicorn. (laughs) She is a unicorn in her mind and in my heart. So we see Rita in court. It's so funny. We like never hear Rita's voice in this because she refused to be interviewed. And we always see her walking into the courtroom just with a super grumpy look on her face. Well. (laughs) She's having a bad week. So she pleads guilty to wire fraud and money laundering and then three months later she like arrives for her sentencing she was facing 20 years in jail the prosecution put together a powerpoint presentation for each year of her crime spree they had a couple of boxes outlined in black where they would relay the budget committee's discussions of what needed to be cut there were layoffs and police layoffs and firefighter layoffs. I mean, it really adversely affected the town. She was slashing the budget for her spa treatments. For her bus! But then on every page, they had a box outlined in red. And during these drastic cuts to the Dixon budget, there were comments like, Rita spent $6,000 on a custom-made saddle. You know, Ms. Cronwell upgraded her motor coach. She upgraded that thing five times until she finally bought one that was 2.1 million dollars and then they say like after 2008 she started stealing over five million a year but particularly in year 2008 is when she crossed the five million dollar threshold and again in 2009 more than five million and again in 2010 she stole more than five million dollars and i think she did that because beginning in 2008 was the start of the recession and she had best excuse. You guys, five million a year. Think about what five million dollars could do for a small town like Dixon. I know. Really, like it's unbelievable. And we also find out that like the reason Dixon is so in debt is because the city of Dixon is borrowing more money at Rita's behest, and Rita is literally skimming almost that exact same amount of money. Right. Rita was given close to the maximum sentence. 19 years and seven months. Now we're back to Kathy with an E. This, I need to talk to you about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Kathy with an E was like, oh, she's such a great boss, and she was the spy on the inside. If it wasn't for Kathy with an E, we would not be here. Yeah, so Kathy, Kathy is in court. This is one of my favorite moments, because she says she was so mad at Rita that she literally says this. I knew that when they were going to take her, right then and there, I closed my eyes so I could listen to the click of the handcuffs. I knew that justice was served. To hear the click of the handcuffs? Just as as loud as it could be. She didn't want to be distracted by anything else. She closed her eyes. But then the next day, she said she couldn't go to work the next day because she was at home sobbing into her pillows. She took to the bed. Because she was worried about Rita. I couldn't come to work the next day. I sat home crying frantically. And all I could think about was... Did she have a blanket last night? Was she cold? You know, where did they take her? So it's like, first you're angry, you're upset, you're betrayed. Then your emotions of, is she gonna, is she okay? And to me, that was, it was so confusing for me. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't understand why I was feeling like that. 
And she's like, was she cold? Does she have a good night's sleep in I prison? Know. And everyone else in Dixon's like, yeah, but bitch, where's that $54 million times two? Let me say this. While I was watching this, the director does this really great job of saying, like, you never let one person run the books. You yes. never let one person run the credit card. You never let one person run the credit card and make the payments. Guess whose life that is? Mine. Yours. One person in our house runs our credit cards, pays our bills. Oh, I'll- it's Daisy. She runs everything <laughs> in our house. I'm just saying, I like logged onto our bank account five times and scrolled through all of the transactions <laughs> of the last month. I trust my husband implicitly, but like my husband could be stealing from me and I probably wouldn't oh, know. Oh, God. What I'm saying is, if he did, I would be doing the exact same roller coaster. I would be literally closing my eyes to hear the clink of the handcuffs and the next day I'd be taken to the bed wondering if he was cold in jail that night. Right, but. These two people were not married. No, but 20 years. She knew Rita longer than I've no, known look, Steve. No, look, I know. The rug was pulled out from under her. I totally yeah. get it. But yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about how how well Rita slept at night. She slept totally great <laughs> in her 3,000 count Egyptian count sheets or whatever, but she was stealing money I know. from the people of Dixon. I know. I don't give a fuck how she sleeps. How about that? But Kathy you know, with an E. Kathy didn't ask to be put in this situation. She didn't, but she put herself right in it and went straight to the mayor. <laughs> I was with Kathy. I was like, I listen, I understand. Kathy seems emotionally stable to me. She seems she like does. she is really processing her emotions. It's very healthy. She's gotten through it. But in, the, in the, those two days were especially rough with the clicking of the handcuffs and <laughs> sobbing and taking to the bed. Is she cold at night in prison? I, I hope she is. You know, I would say, I said in the beginning, Kathy has an emotional arc in this. She comes back around. We get Kathy back. Roller coaster. Yeah. So this is where we get this whole walkthrough of, like, who's responsible for detecting the fraud? Right. And the director of the documentary sort of walks us through it, like, actually, who is responsible for this? Right. And we learned that, like, once again, Rita was the only person dealing with the books. She also made it complicated and made it a system that only she understood. Exactly. I mean, none of the town officials knew what they what these numbers meant. So when they had a question, and maybe sometimes they would think, this looks a little odd, Someone else would say, well, go to Rita. She'll explain it to you. And all of these are red flags. But if you're not told they're red flags, you just trust her. I think that if you look at it from the outside, there are a lot of parts that you could add up. She's got a lot of horses. She's got a huge house. She's super. She must be doing something right. She's got a shit ton of money. She takes four months off a year. Uh And we know how much she makes. She makes like they say she makes $80,000 a year. That seems really high to me. But so I do think when you step back now and there's a documentary about it, there's a lot of parts that you're looking at like none of that really made sense and then you zoom in on this point where like the books were so complicated and only Rita knew how to read them right that's a red flag but like only Kathy knew that the books were hard to read and she trusted Rita Rita trained her and then there's this whole thing about like this auditing company this Clifton company so this is the whole thing there's an outside auditor called Clifton blah 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 it's like the accounting firm they call them Clifton and it's like what is the job of an auditing company and they do this really smart thing where they say an auditor provides an opinion on a company's financial statements, similar to how a food critic provides a review of the dining experience at a restaurant. An auditor reviews the accuracy of the financial statements, similar to the way in which a food critic provides a thoughtful, unbiased review about the food at a restaurant. Auditors are not responsible for developing the financial statements on the company's behalf, just like a food critic is not responsible for preparing the restaurant's meal. People rely on the opinion of auditors to make business decisions, just like people rely on the food critic's review to decide whether to eat at a restaurant. An auditing company is supposed to look at your books and appraise your work doing your own books. Mm -hmm. What Clifton was actually doing was being given all of the information from Rita. So selectively, Rita's picking the information selectively and giving it to this company, asking them to write all of the financials and then asking them to appraise their own work. Right. And so they compared it like it's almost as if the, the food critic made the food. Right. And then critiqued the food. But the only person in city government who knew this was happening was Rita. Of course. Right. Then we meet this lawyer, this lawyer who's working for the town of Dixon. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of suing all of these people. He's suing this company, Clifton, the auditors, saying, like, that's not how that shit's supposed to work. Exactly. And then we find out also (sighs) that these same people at Clifton who were doing the books for the city are doing Rita's personal income taxes. Right. In 2005, there's over $300,000 that Clifton, in preparing Rita Cronwell's tax returns, identifies as money coming into Rita Cronwell for which there's no documentation. All a city employee who makes 
80-some thousand dollars a year. Unexplained income on a tax return is always a problem. And had the tax preparer asked a couple more questions, it would have led that preparer to know that the unexplained income was coming from the embezzled money. And also, like, those those 179 invoices where she was like, oh, uh, for the sewer, for this, and it's really for a spa treatment. Right. <laughs> they don't even look the same from the city of Dixon. Rita's invoices are missing logos. Uh-huh. They're missing phone numbers. They're missing street addresses. The type doesn't look they're the same. They're basically scribbled on a napkin. <laughs> Right. A cocktail napkin. <laughs> and it just says like spa treatment. Right. With like a, a little pink drop on it. And you're like, how many Cosmos did you have? Exactly. Sweetheart? The city argued that the auditors knew or should have known that the invoices were phony. Here's a proper invoice from the Illinois Department of Transportation. This is the way they're supposed to look. And that's the invoice from Rita Crunwell. And a nine-year-old could identify the difference between those. If one person asked one question, this whole thing would unravel and nobody said anything. They they break that down so specifically to say that like the on-site auditor whose job it was to come to City Hall and get all the information from Rita to prepare the financials, mm-hmm. if that person had said like, oh, there's an invoice here for a toll booth on that road that I just drove down, but there wasn't actually a toll booth on that road, let me walk three feet down the hall to the toll booth office mm-hmm. and say, hey, Mr. Toll Booth Commissioner, is there a toll booth on or this Ms. road? Or Ms. Or Ms. Or Ms. My I stand corrected. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a toll booth? Because this invoice says there is one. That person would have said there's no toll booth there and Rita would have been caught. One question. Nobody did this. The field audit team looked at these false invoices and failed to do anything at all that they were taught in accounting school to follow up, whether it be talk to the city engineer, make a phone call to Springfield, go out and look at these clearly fictitious projects any of which would have resulted in a discovery of the theft. So the Clifton Auditor Company, they settle for $35 million. The bank settles for almost $4 million. And another company settles for a million dollars. Like the city of Dixon gets a lot of their money back because all of these people just fucked up. Yeah. And the sad part is like, and we've learned like in fraud cases, big or small, it's very rare that 100% of the money ever gets returned. We learn a lot of things about fraud cases at this point because we meet the person who takes Rita's job. (laughs) Paula Meyer. Yeah. her. I love her. She literally is like taking the job after after she was here. Uh, my first my first thought was, well, really, how could I do any worse? And she's like giving people raises and like doing good for the city. But and- also, she says like I wanted to take on this project of restructuring. So right. we moved people around in the office. We reallocated people's job responsibilities. And I love because we get Kathy with an E back. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, I guess um the workplace vibe in a word, I guess I would say different. <laughs> She goes, it's more, I don't know, like professional. I love that Kathy is not traumatized enough to like work elsewhere. Right. She's still going to keep her job. And she's like, it's a little better here now that I'm thinking about it. And she says, she, this is the end of her arc. She's like, I still harbor a lot of bad feelings towards Rita. I can't help but feel that way. I don't think I feel any more sorry for her. I think she's where she belongs. Good, Kathy. Yeah. And then Paula also says, like, look, can I I just like for one second, like she like takes the mic so that it's closer to her. She's like, just real quick. (laughs) Rita is not special. What Rita did isn't particularly unique. The only thing that makes her unique is the dollar amount that she took. What she did is very, very common and could be done by almost anybody in any size organization. And we see, like, the town gets a whole new city government. They restructure the government. They get a new mayor. They get a new mayor. They get new city council. And everybody has new job responsibilities. And they say that, like, we're really paying attention to the money now. Like, at one point, the new mayor is like, I dare you to try to steal from us. Yeah. Not on my watch. No. And then it it sort of ends with, like, the on-screen text that says, Rita declined to be interviewed for this documentary. I'm sure she did. Oh, girl, 
we did it. That was a good one. I was really happy. To, I was happy to not, again, to not be doing murder. I know murder. No I assaults. Know. I know. Um, You guys, just a quick reminder. Check out our CS Live page. We're doing a show in Toronto in September. We're doing a show back in New York in October. We're doing a whole Maura Murray thing with the Maura Murray boys oh, and Maggie. It's the whole thing. It's going to be fun. It's ha- going to be Halloween-y. We're going to obsess over the Maura Murray case. Mm-hmm. You guys, our Patreon, just a reminder, in this week's after party at the $7 level, we're talking all about our Pride show. Yes. We are going to, I'm playing clips, really fun clips, like really the funniest moments. You're going to hear some of it in the after party. Also, at the $5 level, you get all of our 80 plus bonus episodes covering the staircase, the jinx, making a murderer, Lorena, cereal, mm-hmm. all of it. And at $10, you get all of our ad free episodes. Yes. Uh, girl, breaking news <gasps> HBO gave us screeners of I Love You Now Die. So we're getting it ahead of time. And we're it's coming up next. Yes, that is the texting suicide case with Michelle Carter. Yep, that's what we're covering next. We're very excited. Yeah, it's a two-part series on HBO. The first one is all about the prosecution, and the second episode is all about the defense. It is bananas. Very exciting. Yeah. Girl, where can they find us? TrueCrimeObsessed.com for, you know, the CS Live, the promo codes, merch, oh, episodes, just <laughs> gorgeousness, at TrueCrimeObsessed on the Twitter, and TrueCrimeObsessed podcast on the Insta. And Go there, you guys. Go to the Insta. I'm doing a ton of stuff there. Follow us. That's where you're going to get all That's the news. Fun. Where can they find you? At Jillian with a G. Thank you so much for asking. Where can they find me? At, wait, wait, wait. I know this. <laughs> Patrick Hines on the Twitter and Patrick Hines underscore on the Insta. That's right. Yay. I'm so excited. After a zillion episodes. I'm so glad. I was nervous about it, though. I was on the spot. <laughs> but I got it. So you guys, stay tuned for the trailer for I Love You Now Die. And then stay tuned for our hilarious outtakes. TM, 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 TM. And then our palate cleanser. I don't know what it's going to be. We'll figure it out when we get there. We love Love you. Love you. Oh, girl, we're going to be late for the after party. We got to go. Yeah, you guys, come meet us at the after party right now. Yeah, no, we got to go. It's live right now. Bye. Okay, bye. I saw him text her all the time, but I didn't think that they had a relationship like that. It's sort of impossible to understand what happened because it's so far from, you know, acceptable human behavior. The trial of a Plainville woman accused of encouraging her friend to kill himself through text messages is now underway. We're all left wondering what happened. Now we have this opportunity to see inside their minds. One level of the conversation is a kid that's going to kill himself. And there's another level that's a romantic fantasy. The question is, can you cause someone else to commit suicide? She keeps at him, Your Honor. At him and at him. The defendant's own words. His death was my fault. I told him to get back in. Mr. Roy himself stated, I want to die. She thought she was doing absolutely the right thing. It's a perfect storm of a tragedy. rolls out like Lancey and Timmy and Maggie oh my like, do you like that <laughs> yes I keep saying that I want to introduce the 90s cover band Lancey and Timmy and the hike to the coordinates Ooh, <laughs> like me first in the gimme gimme exactly can I tell you about a moment I had writing the word egregious? Yeah. I realized in writing that word, which I think I've never done before, that that's not egregious. I thought the word egregious was had a silent E before it. No. Nope, that spells egregious. Are we back to the in-sync, end-sync debate? <laughs> which people, which that, that, that debate is raging in the Facebook group as we speak. Okay, well, no, it is not gregarious, silent E. <laughs> it is egregious. <laughs> Have you seen that meme on Facebook that's like, can you send me can you send me a fax and it says I can't send you a fax from where I am? Where are you? 2019. Yeah. Oh god. I what thought a, that what joke a was dad harder. That is such a dad joke. <laughs> 
You know that old adage that like you get your name back from the olden days based on what you did for a living? Uh-huh. What what is crunding and why did her forefathers do it so good? I like saying pocketbook. I like that. I like it too. It's very old school. Old purse. school queens. You get the power of the purse. The, oh, oh, where's my pocketbook? I gotta get my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, old school queens like the neighborhood, not old school queens oh, like yes, the drag I queens. Know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still stuck in like the 1960s. You guys, oh my god! In the after party, we got a whole story to tell you about cops who dress up as drag queens. Yes. You guys, you are buckle up for that story. I keep forgetting to make this documentary about you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You <laughs> <keep> forgetting. <laughs> yeah, you've forgiven this time. I mean, ooh. I don't know how people keep things to themselves. I don't either. I would have been texting you and... bitches with the microphones in front of their mouth. <laughs> I would have been like, girl, girl, I found the secret account. Oh my God. Ashley Flowers has a secret account. I just found it. She what? She what? <laughs> the mayor goes, girl, today's the day, girl. Today's, today's the day. The day Arise the and see, as the newsies said, yeah. arise and seize, and seize the day. the day. I have a super fancy friend named Kate Pizakis, and she is a pizzazzy lady. That's her new name now. I wish I had come up with that in high school. Guess what? You can have it. <laughs> they they have this PowerPoint, which I, I struggle to learn PowerPoint for our live shows. You still do, sweetheart. Every <laughs> live show. You're still learning it. It's true. You guys, you're never too, you're never too old to learn. I want to tell the people of whatever this town's called. What's going on here? And frankly, I'm appalled. I read three quarters of a new story and knew I had to come. And unless I am doing the medical work, letters mean but it's not about me it's about poor Emma for can't you see the raw deal she's been dealt so here my plea or here's your next dilemma how do you silence a woman who's known for her belt sing it Eleanor her not about me. Get them out of here now. Go on and threaten to riot. It won't faze me in the least. I understand the furious town folk. I did beauty and the beast. I'm no stranger to slander. So my dear, you're not alone. The post once said I was too old to play Ava Perone. Ava Story, damn it! Equality should be this country's norm. No photography, unless you Instagram it. Use hashtag DD takes local yokels by storm. But it's not about me. I didn't come here to make a scene, but I know how Emma's heart aches, and this is how. Intervene through fiery songs and dance breaks. But it's not about me, although I'm rich and famous. Publicity is not my final goal.